guy who's got the television call of the game tonight, now joins us. He is Mr. Mike Morgan, Gator grad. He is. Mike, welcome. And uh, kind of an interesting uh, uh, matchup tonight here. You know, the, the rain makeup. FSU coming off a big weekend series win against Miami. Florida playing better here. And it's getting near the end, so every win counts. And these teams want to, you know, get some momentum going to the postseason. So this will be interesting tonight. Yeah, it's kind of what you want to have uh, this time of year, Steve. You, you want to have stuff on the line for all the games, not just the conference games, but a rivalry midweek game. You know, this kind of sells itself. I just had Auburn, Alabama. It, it's like we were talking about with that one. It, it sells itself in terms of what it means whenever these two teams meet each other. Same thing with Florida, Florida State, obviously. But when you can add, for example, Florida State is playing for a potential host in a regional. That's big. This is a resume builder. Florida is certainly starting to make a stronger case for things that they'd like to play for in the postseason in terms of seating and everything else. Because what we're learning is, and I, I can't stress this enough, when everybody talks so obsessively about RPI, RPI is not going to be the final factor. If it was down to RPI, Florida would be in great shape for a lot of things. But conference record is going to trump RPI more times than not with a committee. Uh, but RPI in terms of out-of-conference games like this certainly does mean something. So plenty to play for for both squads. You know, you look at uh, what Florida has done, and you know, we were talking earlier, Mike, that the pitching's come around a little bit. Those young arms are starting to figure it out. But I just don't know against quality pitching. I think the jury is still out because they're next to last in hitting in conference games. And, you know, you get to a regional, you would think that the competition is going to get better. I think that's Florida's biggest question mark. When you look at this team, what do you see? I see the same. I mean, I, I look at conference rankings like you do, and, and I see a whole lot of 12s and 11s yeah. in terms of out of 14 teams where they rank and batting average, on-base percentage. Now, the home runs are there. Uh, you know, that, that's that's great. Uh, and I think I think maybe that ballpark is playing a little more home run friendly than they, they thought at the start because Kevin O'Sullivan was telling us before I was doing the Miami series with Florida that he thought the new ballpark actually played larger than old McKeithen Stadium. But I, I don't know if that's necessarily bared out so far, but they're hitting bombs and, you know, guys like Judd Fabian and, uh, Wyatt Langford are hitting bombs, but in the postseason, it's a real dangerous game when you rely on the long ball. And I, there, this is not a team that's manufacturing a ton of runs. It's not a team that, as I mentioned, has a, a great propensity to get on base against, as you pointed out, quality pitching. Well, what are we going to see in the postseason? Right. Quality pitching. So uh, it, it, you'd hate to see a Florida team that has some guys on it that are going to be high draft picks, has some really good young arms, even without Barco. You'd hate to see them lose a 3-2 to two kind of game to get eliminated, and that's how your season ends because you weren't able to get good enough offense. And, and clearly that's been an issue this year. Mike Morgan, our guest here from the SEC Network, as uh, he's got the call, the television call tonight, Florida, Florida State. Let's look at the SEC, Mike. Mississippi State, I, I get it. They lost their Friday guy. But what's happened to them is, I mean, I don't think anybody would have thought that would happen. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? It, it is. Uh, I, I think I looked up a stat earlier this year. The last time 
a defending national champion did not make it to the NCAA tournament. I believe it was 2000, the, the 2013 UCLA team failed to make it to the tournament the following year. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that team might have had either Cole or Bauer or both. So they were loaded on the mound, and then they, they lost, obviously, first-round draft pick-type guys, and they didn't make it back. This can't all be Landon Sims. I mean, there's still guys in that lineup that have been major producers for a while now. They still have other quality pitchers. I, I really think there's a little bit of psychological that's gone on there. I, I think, you know, when you when you get off to a rough start, which they did, and then you, you start to struggle and scuffle in conference play, which they have, the mental wear and tear on that and a 30-game nonstop, no-let-up SEC slate, I think it's gotten to them a little bit. And I think that they might be the most talented team to not make the College World Series in a long time if they fail to do it. And, heck, right now, they might not make the SEC tournament. So it's really hard to figure. It's not as if they lost, you know, eight returning starters out of that lineup. There's some, there's some good quality players there, but the numbers are down almost across the board. And obviously the pitching, it's not just the fact that Sims is out. They've got a lot of guys that just have not been good. And so when you look at the ERA and the whip, it's like, whoa, is that really a Mississippi State staff? It it has been this year. I would just say it's part and parcel, Steve, to a a, a bizarro world season in the league (laughs) where (laughs) teams – a little Seinfeld reference for everybody out there – teams that have traditionally been great have been vulnerable this year, whether it's Mississippi State, whether it's a Florida, a Vanderbilt, uh, Ole Miss. LSU has been Ole Miss certainly, although they're finally starting to yep. heat up. That, that was a big sweep against LSU, and then teams that we, you know, kind of ignored for a while, like Tennessee and Georgia, and you know Auburn is playing really good baseball. Texas A and M didn't even make the SEC tournament last year. They are as hot as a firecracker. So what what, what was up is down. What was down is up, and uh, it, it's been a very bizarre year overall. Let me leave you with this and and see if you agree with me. Tennessee, okay, they were very good last year, and obviously, you know, they've had a good good season last year, a good season this year. But the spotlight's been on them all year, Mike, all year. And now they go to postseason. Can they withstand that? Because it's been from day one – the spotlight's been on them, and there's so much expected of them now. Do you buy that at all? Yeah. I, I mean, look, number one, they are legitimately loaded. They are as complete a team as I've seen in a while. And remember, I had Arkansas last year in the Super Regional. That was a team that a lot of people thought was unbeatable. They won the SEC. They won the SEC tournament. They didn't lose a series all year. They were number one for most of the season. And they lose in a game three at home in front of 13,000 fans at Baum Stadium. Yep, It can happen. My other favorite stat uh, for the water cooler is we, we've had this format of Super Regionals and national seeds since 1999. In 1999, Miami was the number one national seed. They went on to win the World Series. In 22 years since, the number one national seed has not won at all. If that's not a powerful number, I don't know what is. If I'm Tony Vitello, I'm telling my team that when we get ready to play in a regional or a super or whatever else, look, 
Nothing is given to the number one team in America. We've been number one all year long. The statistics are just eye-popping good. Uh, but the last two decades ought to tell you that doesn't mean you're invincible. It's still baseball. It's not football. And all it takes is two out of three, a couple of bad games in the postseason, and you're done. So uh, Tennessee's terrific. But would, they, would it shock me if they don't win at all? Not at all. Last thing, coach of the year in the league, Schlossnagel or Vitello? Oh, that's tough. So this, <laughs> if, if, you, if you base it on the, the best overachiever, uh, then I think it's Schlossnagel, right? Because I don't think people expected A&M to be fighting for the Western Division crown, which they certainly are, tied with Arkansas going into this weekend. And they started off slow, and I mentioned they didn't make the SEC tournament last year. All things in that direction say Schlossnagel. Vitello, it's hard for me as a human voter to not think of not just the job he's done this year, and I realize it's an annual award, but he took a moribund, irrelevant program for 15 years, takes them to Omaha last year, and now they're having a historically good season. If they finish up really strong, I know how the coaches do things. They just vote for whoever finishes first. That's in the coach's nature. How am I not going to vote for the guy who won the SEC? Uh, The media might be a little bit more torn on that. And the caveat I'd also throw in there, Tony Vitello might be the most hated coach in this league that we've seen in decades because he just rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And you know what? He doesn't care. He doesn't apologize for it. He doesn't care about it. Uh, But I think you could go either way on that depending on how you look at the award. Good stuff. Enjoy the call tonight. I'll see you at the the ballpark. Thanks, Mike. You got it, Steve. Take care. Mike Morgan, SEC Network. He has the television call tonight, Florida and Florida State.